Log Talk Radio. Yeah, I'd like a hot dog all the way, please. Coming up. Here you go. Thank you. Ew. What? What is this? That's a corn-based hot dog flavored tube-shaped thing. It's uh, it's almost good. That'll be four fifty. You know what? No thanks. If almost good enough isn't good enough for you, why would it be good enough for your pet? Add kennel kelp to your furry friend's diet. Sprinkled on your pet's food, kennel kelp helps with arthritis pain and stiff joints. It can also reduce shedding, fill in missing areas, and improve their looks. Healthy pets show even more energy and have better attitudes. See results in four to eight weeks. The good news is kennel kelp isn't just for pets. It's good for you, too. Sprinkle it on your cereal or use it instead of table salt when seasoning your food. Kennel kelp is the holistic care solution for pets and their people. Safe for dogs, cats, birds, cows, chickens, reptiles, almost anything that walks, flies, or slithers. It's a holistic health solution for humans, too. To learn about their many products, visit kennelkelp.com. Get kennel kelp for a happier, healthier life. Well, hello there, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the DH Sales Kennel Kelp Holistic Healing Hour. With your host and moderator, me, Grandpa Bill. Welcome, one and all. Some of you via invitation, where applicable, my two church mice, Peter and Paul, always. Ubiquitous audience, one and all, thank you for continuing to pay it forward. We do grow exponentially with your help, and we are doing that. Thank you so much. Today, we're recording at the radio show on the Blog Talk Radio platform, and then upon completion, upon release, we're blessed that we will mitigate it out and are able to do so on almost any platform where you would hear any other audio version of the show. So one more quick update. We've done, and Byron will correct me in a moment. <laughs> I think this is officially the seventh appearance. It might even be the eighth, but I don't want to be pre-anticipatory. <laughs> He's going to speak for himself, so... Please do check out ByronAthene.com in all due respect to his very impressive bio, and you can find out all about himself there and the prelude shows that we've done because we want to get him right in here. And today, I believe we're going to talk about operant conditioning, and I'll indulge on everyone's patience for just a second. In the description, I asked two questions, and they're kind of geared to yourselves as listeners where applicable, and then, of course, Byron. In, as you know, a civilian when he isn't wearing his psychotherapy hat, if you will, and when he is, so of course, you guys and gals can read for yourself, but quickly, they are what personal experiences have you had with operant conditioning? What we're about to talk about, either in your own life or observing others. Any fellow clinicians that are out there, feel free to interact at the message board if applicable, and then one more. How can we leverage the principles of operant conditioning to overcome challenges and achieve our goals and share your thoughts and questions if indeed they are applicable at the message board? Okay, thanks everybody. Let's get Byron right here. He's so patient. Byron, welcome back, my friend. Thanks, Bill. It's really, really, really nice to be here in this, uh, yeah, seventh, I think this is my seventh. Okay, thank you, thank you, you know how you always have to keep me on board, so somebody's got to do it, it's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it, thank you, so (laughs) please take it right away, and as far as I understand, we're going to start out with operant conditioning, and uh, everybody, real quickly, before Byron gets started again, one more old man thought while I get it in there, we always exchange suggested questions and what have you. I want Byron to cut right to it, and he always gets to where he wants with the said questions, and we will have a Q&A. But we're going to let Byron take it away. Go ahead, Byron. Thanks. 
Okay, right. So I think maybe I should explain what operant conditioning Please is. Do. Please do. Yeah, so it's um, it's the alternative to classical conditioning. Classical conditioning was developed by someone called Ivan Pavlov. He's very famous for doing experiments with dogs that showed that um, we have automatic behaviors and those automatic behaviors can be amended really easily through association, which he showed with the dogs where he, he got a whole bunch of dogs he showed the dog's food that prompted the, um, the the unconditioned response of salivation. He then associated a bell to the food. Then he took the food away, rang the bell, and noticed that the dogs salivated. So he 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 created a conditioned response by associating um, something to unconditioned stimulus to. Um, Conditioned stimulus to unconditioned stimulus. So, so that's that's classical conditioning. At the same time, th- those ideas were being developed. There was another school of thought that said, well, that 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 does cover some of our behaviour, but it's 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 incomplete. So that then that that then led to um, operant conditioning being um, being developed. It was I've I I think it was developed originally by someone called Ed, Edward Thorndike. Um, late 1800s and it was made more famous by someone called bf skinner because of the work that bf skinner did with with rats now bf skinner did this he created a special box he um he designed a box that had two levers in them a lever on the left when pressed produced food a lever on the right when pressed did nothing or delivered a small electric shock. Now, he put rats in these boxes, which he called Skinner boxes. He put rats in these boxes and he noticed that every rat that he put in these boxes, as soon as they realized that the left lever produced food and the right did nothing or delivered a small shock, they only pressed the left lever. So he showed that these animals um, learned to do the thing that they thought would give them the and the most reward. So that was that then became a, a a very important principle in terms of helping someone to learn. So so yeah, I I think classical conditioning and operant conditioning are two things that can explain most of human behaviour. We we have a whole bunch of automatic programs, processes, and those automatic programs and processes can be amended really easily through association. And we tend to do the thing that we think will give us the um, the biggest reward. Reward, but sometimes because we're not um, taking other things into account, we can we can lead ourselves astray and make the wrong and make the wrong choice. So I'm, shall I? Sorry, oh, okay, I wasn't sure. I just wanted to make sure that you know if you did have another thought. So I'll in, I'll interject something if you'd like. Okay. Just to, okay. just to just to refresh the audience wherever you come in, and we appreciate wherever that is. But we do we do. But where we've done so many of these quickly, archivally, I, and Byron would have to correct me. I think it might have been a couple of shows ago, but we did indeed talk a little bit about Pavlov's dogs in the box and a little bit about B.F. Skinner. So hopefully, yeah. I guess my point on that is we are trying to paint a puzzle, you know, if you will, the pieces snapping together. So so continue, Byron. I broke your train of thought there a little bit. Continue. Yeah, no, 
Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. So, so um, behaviorism, which operant conditioning is a part of, you, you could call that like the second wave of psychotherapy. The first wave being psychoanalysis. So, psychoanalysis emerged, and uh, that was developed by Freud around like 1890 or so, I think. And um, Freud believed that psychoanalysis was the answer. You can you can resolve any issue just by talking about it, free association, making interpretations. Then the behaviorist said, "Oh, actually, well, no, you can't you can't explain all behavior because there's there's like automatic responses that that can be amended either by you or by someone else, and that's 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 what um, that's what gave rise to the behaviorism. So behaviorism is the second, yeah, like I said, the second wave of psychotherapy. The third wave." is uh, cognitive behavior therapy or rational emotive behavior therapy. And um, I think that's about it pretty much. I mean, I think most of the other types of therapy will will lend themselves to one of those three foundations pretty much. And Byron, within your own practice, do you, I guess, you know, you know what I mean when I say, do you favor one train of thought more than the other or? No, well, not really. I'm, I, I think they 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 all can be used to create a more comprehensive and accurate picture. So my 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 approach, emotion focused brief therapy, is made up of philosophy, neuroscience, five existing approaches, and three of those approaches are psycho psychoanalysis or psychodynamic, which is now it's now known as behaviorism and um, rational emotive behavior therapy. The other two are narrative therapy and solution focus. So I, I use all five of those to, okay. um, to highlight certain points. And I'm sorry, but anytime you know that, I just wait for yourself when, you know, I'll interject at any time. I just want to make sure I'm giving you time to, to go ahead and, you know, and then we can do the Q and a, but if you're yep. ready, yeah, sure. if you're, if you're ready for that, just say when you're ready. So either continue or. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. Um, well, I'm, I'm, unless you wanted me to answer the, the, those questions that you you sent to me, so I know okay. you sent me an email a while ago with a couple of questions. If you if you want to recant to them for the folks, and then you know we'll just field off of each other. That'd be great. In whatever sure, succession, okay. You, okay. in whatever yeah, succession okay. you want to read them. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I think they are they are good good questions. So yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, you. your 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 readers might might benefit from from um, from hearing them. Okay, so the first the first question was, what are some of what are some criticisms of Skinner's operant conditioning model, and how do you respond to them? Now, I think I said, well, it's not really Skinner's operant conditioning model because he he modelled a lot of his work on someone called Edward Thorndike. So, um, yeah, so so it's 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 more Thorndike's operant conditioning model, and the criticism of operant conditioning. Um, can be applied to the other kind of condition. It, it, it's just an incomplete picture of behavior because we, do, we don't just learn to do the things that we think will give us the greatest reward because sometimes there's a completely subconscious process of association and that's what anxiety is. An- anxiety is you you um, experience a fearful or risky situation and you you associated something to it and so you don't have to be in that scary situation anymore for fear for the fear response to be prompted you can just experience the thing that was associated to it so that's that's classical conditioning and operant conditioning 
is when you do something that has a um, pleasurable effect, that means you'll try to do that thing again, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. So, okay, so can can Skinnerian pr principles be applied effectively in promoting health, mental health, and emotional well-being? Yet, like I said, as long as, long as it's used with other approaches, yes, because it, it's an incomplete picture to what to, to what drives our what drives our behaviour. Um, the, the five approaches that I use, um, and they all they all refer to different aspects of our behavior. So psychoanalysis refers to the fact that our past impacts our present. Behaviorism refers to the conditioning that, that we, the different types of conditioning that we experience throughout our lives. Rational motor behavior therapy impacts, well, highlights the impact that our thoughts have on our experience. Narrative therapy helps us acknowledge that our reality is, um, is a product of the stories that we tell ourselves that try to make sense of an objective reality that that we're, that we're never going to truly know. And um, solution focus helps us to acknowledge that we're more likely to get what, what we want if we think about what we want rather than thinking about what we don't want. Okay, um, are there any ethical boundaries to consider when using reinforcement-based techniques, particularly in areas like parenting, marketing, marketing? Definitely, definitely ethical boundaries to consider. So um, I described something called the Valhalla effect. So, you know, the Valhalla effect. I love, I love can, that. It, the, the Valhalla being crazy, right? I love that analogy. Continue, continue. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, this, this really drives home the point of just how un, unethical um, operant conditioning can be. Okay, so, all right, so you can... You can motivate someone to do something that you want to do because you can right. say that they are going to be rewarded, but the chances are you could just be lying to them. So, but because they believe the lie, they act in a way that you want them to. So I, I, I call it the Valhalla effect because Norse warriors were told that if they fought bravely or more specifically, if they died on the battlefield, they would not only go to heaven, they was they would go to heaven and they would be they would have access to a special VIP area that was created just for them. So what, what better way? So go on. A quick a quick off color joke and it's not off color. It wasn't the faction that was going to get seventy five virgins. I'm sorry, it's just a it joke. Was, Conti yeah. continue, same, continue, continue, continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's a joke, folks. It's a joke, folks. It's a joke. Continue, Byron. Continue. Continue. Uh, okay. Um, so, yeah, so the, the, the ethical way to use reinforcement in terms of um, encouraging someone to learn behavior is to tell, them, um, to tell them to do something because it's true and it will benefit them. The unethical way is to encourage people to do something false because it will benefit you. I think that's a yeah. So a, a clear a clear distinction can be made in terms of ethics, bearing that in mind. Okay, so how how can we integrate Skinner's insights or Skinner Thorndike's insights with other psychological perspectives to create a holistic understanding understanding of human behavior? Like I said, integrate them all. Yep. All 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 of them have their have their place. All of them can explain different aspects of our of our experience. It's the same of it's the same with general philosophy. You, I guess you could say at one point general philosophy could be split up into rationality and empiricism. 
Empiricism is the idea that you can only know something through direct experience. Rationality proposed that you can only know something through reasoning and logic. And there are qu quite a few famous philosophers who held fast to one just to one or the other of those approaches when I think it makes more sense to merge the two because it's true that you can learn something through experience, but you could also reason something too. So, so it's, it's the same with these psychological approaches or these different waves of therapy, I think. Okay, so the final one was what, what resources would you recommend for listeners who want to learn more about behaviorism? So yeah, just, just do a Google search, do a general search for B.F. Skinner, Ivan Pavlov, Edward Thorndike, James James Watson is another early um, operant conditioning proponent. Um, they seem to be the most influential behaviorists. They they all um, they did their research. I think ranging from 1890 to around 1940 or so, but they they definitely changed the changed the way that we um, that we um, regarded behavior and learning. So that's it, pretty much. Okay, so quick question for yourself, and especially, <clears throat> don't forget, folks, he is joining us from England, and there is a time zone difference. And literally and figuratively, I'm sure he had a long day at the office. So <laughs> if you want to, Byron, and of course, you're coming back. If you wanted to, quickly skirt the issue of how you uh, incorporate the MP3 question in your therapy and then segue out for today or if you want to address that in the next show i think you covered everything that i sent to ask you pretty much covered it within your first part of the dissertation so thank you so much and then That's thank right. you for expand but thank you for expanding upon a couple of the other relevant points to edify all of us so if you want to play to the mp3s or if you want to say bye bye for now and we can pick that up next time around your call Okay. What 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 were the MP3s? Yeah, you know how you utilize. I think I I think you know how my mind works. I think I sent you, and I think he answered it. Something like I I asked you something, and I even did a prelude. Show, oh, gotcha. Oh, yeah. Sorry. About so, yeah, yeah, if yeah. you incorporate okay. MP3 tapes or something like that okay. to your comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think I said I I don't I don't use MP3s, but I do because yeah, I think that the question was, do I use like audio in my in my uh, in my work? And I and 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 I do only in in the sense of I have sessions that are purely phone calls as opposed to video calls. Well I've I've used I've used MP3s in a really minor way by creating a, a guided meditation for someone to help them with their anxiety. But generally I um I haven't really well that's the only only time I've used MP3s. Correct. But I I I often have um just phone call sessions as opposed to video call sessions. Got it. Yeah. And here's a closing thought if you want to, you know, expand upon it as well. And I'll start out by, please, folks, and everybody, clinicians, everybody, it doesn't matter, whatever. If it's applicable to in any way, shape, or form, do both things for us, please. Suggest questions at the board that, you know, that we might not be covering or that you would love yeah, to sure. hear. 
And, yeah. and of course, reach out to Byron directly. And if you want to, you know, talk to him, he's the clinician. I, you know, that's the purpose. And then, you know, if you even directed him to him and we had fodder for, hey, so-and-so reached out and they brought this seriously. That enhances both of our opportunities because it's such a wealth of information and uh, we need your interaction. So yeah. and I'll, let, yeah. I'll let Byron close out on that and expand upon that because I'm sure yeah. he is tired and we'll get him we'll get him back the next time around so take it away byron and we'll close out for today okay well now i'll i'll even expand that to ask i'll 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 invite listeners to ask any question about any aspect of philosophy or psychology and i'll 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 either be able to answer it directly already because i know it and i've been thinking about it or i'll if i don't know it i'll I'll be more than happy to to research it love that that. means i'm done I'm, i'm going to learn something so that's that's good love that Love that. Okay, you know where I usually go, and we all know, precipice at time, and we got to get on the backside of the stuff and all of that. But seriously, I'm sure you probably hear it in and out of your business to whatever degree, and we're not prying on that element. How about a deep, calming breath? How about a deep, calming breath thought for everybody, and we'll say goodnight, and we'll see everybody the next time around. Take it away, Byron. Okay, well, how about focusing on the idea that um, as as life can seem to be really complicated sometimes, we can we can combat that in some ways just by making it as simple as possible. And we can make it as simple as possible just by thinking about conditioning. If you respond in a certain way, you are either conditioned by someone else or you conditioned yourself. So be aware of that, and you're much more likely to to um, to understand your unconscious processes more and get more out of your experience. Perfectly said. Perfect message. Thank you for that. I'm going to say bye-bye to everyone. We'll see you all again, same time, same station on this side of life. Good Lord willing, the creek don't rise. I think I'll be back to haunt you guys and gals for a couple more days. And Byron will be back for the eighth appearance whenever. We usually kind of tail shoot the end of the month, but whatever facilitates his schedule, he will be back. In April, it's hard to believe. Well, March. I'm rushing things. It'll be March officially tomorrow because we have leap year today. I almost forgot about that. That's why. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, uh, yeah, so it was a double whammy good, double whammy today event that we had you all here on uh, leap year. So do come back before the next leap year, everybody. <laughs> and we'll say good night. And Byron, just real quickly, because it's your first time here. You'll love this. You'll have this in less than 15 minutes when we sign minutes. off. And, I'll, wow. and I'll, talk, I'll talk to you tomorrow and see you next time around, my friend. Okay. Thanks, thanks Bill. It was a, it was a okay. pleasure as always. I th- thank you so much. Bye-bye, everyone. See you all tomorrow, and we're signing off. Thanks. Peace to everybody. Right, Bye-bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.